Nostradamus was all about predictions, but Nostradamus is all about unpredictability, as in, I'm Donna Arkey, and this is a hairy home companion. I'm her suit, cute, and incredibly stoned. Each episode, I try my damnedest to host a nice little comedy talk show while more melted than one of Salvador Dali's clocks. But honestly, any clock would look melted with enough Sativador Dalweed. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, depending on the weed of the mood, I can do each segment no problem. Other times, I won't be able to make it through, and who knows how it'll end up or where I'll go. That's why we start off each show with retractions and corrections where I correct mistakes, answer questions brought up in the previous episode, or tell you what I was trying to say in last week's episode, but was too high to get through to... This week's retractions and corrections. Uh, I had a horrible week where, among many things that happened that were bad, uh, there was an attempted break-in at my apartment. So I'm just playing it real loosey-goosey with the retractions and corrections. I'll retract and correct what I want to, or what I basically what I remember. Like I, I was like, cause last. Last week I was fucking up. A lot. So, you know, there were a lot of retractions and corrections. And, uh, I'm addressing the, like, smallest percentile of them. Because, hard week. Anyways, to, you know, bribe you into staying around because, you know, this is some kind of toxic codependent relationship. Because why else would you be here week after week for the abuse you endure? listening to this show, but, uh, you know, to sweeten the deal and make you, you, you like me, um, here's some local news important things. If you are a fan of Pee-wee Herman, and you like the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and you're like, ah, the cute little Bambi rug at the beginning of the movie where Pee-wee gets out of bed and he's like, Wearing his bunny slippers and making them hop around on the Bambi rug. I wish I could own that. Well, if you live in the Bay Area, or if you are able to, like, figure out some kind of shady dealings, you can get oh, that exact rug. I don't think it's the exact one from the movie, but it's the same Bambi rug uh, at the Antique Center in Oakland. It's the... Crazy junk store with a giant teddy bear and an old car next to the white horse. And it's like the best junk store ever. Everybody go! If you go more, they bring more stuff in and I get more treats for me. And then the next retraction and correction, more further bribery, you know. If you have ever wanted to experience something that feels like a recurring nightmare, but it's happening in real life, in real time, or if you would like to end up in a situation that will imprint itself on your psyche as a recurring nightmare, I have found a solution for you. If you go to the Spire in Oakland, it's like it's a goth church. They do music stuff. It's a it's a venue. Uh, there a bathroom is on the stage and it and and it's the same stage where people are playing 
And yes, you. How? It cannot get more Freudian than this. To use the bathroom, you gotta get on the stage of a church that's being defiled by satanic performances. And, uh, you. While they're performing. And you have to. And if there's a line, you all have to stand there and wait while, you know. Satan is being summoned through heavy metal and other w kinds of sorcery uh, right there, and then, um, or they they do lots of uh, lots of other sh music and stuff there, but they have a tendency towards the evil and uh, unnatural, um, and then you get to stand in line on the stage, and then um, you get to and then then they use the bathroom and. And the bathroom is, it's even worse because uh, they don't, it, the stalls don't really have doors, they have curtains where, you know, sometimes you can't close them all the way right. And if you were me and you were wearing a bodysuit, you'd have to get completely naked to, uh, you know, use the WC. You know what he, uh, I learned from my dad is that Iranians, like so many people in the world, and like you, listeners of A Harry Home Companion, uh, with me, Don Arkey, here on BFF.FM, you should hate Winston Churchill. Um, but yeah, Iranians call WCs, or water closets, that's what they call, if you're British, you call it a turlet, you call it a water closet if you're British. Um, or in an area that's been impacted by the British one way or the other, and so Iranians are like, ha ha, WC... Winston Churchill, um, uh, so, yeah, if you want to use the Winston Churchill at the Spire, the goth church with goth yoga on Sundays, which I should probably go to, sounds fun, um, yeah, you can, you can experience, like, an out-of-body experience, yeah, it's, it's real weird to have to get completely naked to, you know, use the bathroom, that's like located on the stage of a church like even if there wasn't metal stuff happening it'd be real psychological that that's what was afoot but uh yeah next retraction and correction a loose end i forgot to tie up last week was my expounding on a universal truth that never no one's ever been inside the Oaks Club, and everyone wants to know what's going on in there. It is our own local barrier version of the Chocolate Factory owned by Willy, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever comes out. What's happening there? I worked at a coffee roastery that was like located like right across, right next to it. Like The parking lot was like on the other side of the street. And I, I saw nobody go in, nobody go out, but one time I saw a chihuahua running around in there, and I didn't know what his deal was. I was, like, trying to be like, oh, chihuahua, do you need help, chihuahua? I'll try to call to you, but he seemed like he knew what he was doing. So maybe, you know, I don't know who that is. Instead of a Beverly Hills chihuahua, it's an Emeryville's chihuahua. Anyways, uh, but they're also, weirdly enough, the roast, the... Wow, this really is Willy Wonka-y. The coffee roast, the wonderful coffee roastery, yes. And then the Oaks Club, the, you know, the casino with a Hofbrau in it, in Emeryville, are both located right across the street from Pixar, 
which is, you know, I mean, people can go in and out, but not general public, not so much. And um, whenever, yeah, so all three things are, I mean, the coffee roastery is not that important. It's not like something of note. The Oaks Club, however, is very of note and very important. Um, but yeah, they're all by each other, and like, there was this one time I I had to take a I had to take a lift to work at like 6:45 a.m. or something because I missed the bus to get the, to the coffee roastery, and um, the Uber driver didn't believe that I was supposed to be dropped off at like the nondescript brick front building, you know down the street from Pixar, and he's like, no, you're so, because that's where I was like, take me to the coffee roast, roaster, I don't want to say roastery anymore, I hate saying that word, like, ugh, I don't, what, I'm sure it's like a real word that you can really say, but, you know, third wave coffee pretentiousness just makes me like, no, when I have to say things, I'm just like, ugh, I don't want to be perpetuating that in any way, shape, or form, no, thank you, but yeah, it was right by all by big old Papa Pixar. I don't know. And, um, yeah, the Uber driver was like, you need, you're, you're trying to go to Pixar. You're not trying to go to the, the coffee roaster. And I was like, no, I am trying, no. And he kept trying, he drove us to the gates and he was like, okay, I've, he was like so excited. He's like, I've always wanted to go see Pixar. Like, I can't believe I'm seeing inside. And I'm like, no, I don't work at Pixar in any capacity. Um, I am earning minimum wage, um, packing roasted beans into little sacks down the lane. And he was like really disappointed. He's like, I thought I was going to go to Pixar. And then he like pointed at me in my outfit. He's like, you look like an artist. Like you're like, he's like clearly like, you know, you're supposed to be going to Pixar. And I'm like, you know, I feel like I know so many more artists who are working, you know, minimum wage jobs and doing art on the side than anyone who is like, oh yes, take me in my Uber to Pixar, you know, uh, so I'm like, this is a bit, I was just like, you know, I wish I was going in there too, trust me, but I'm stuck going the other way, but maybe things will change, you never know. Um, another thing that will change is that I will do a re- another retraction and correction, which is, I don't know if this is a legitimate retraction or correction or if it's just me being picky, but I feel like I beefed my brazen bull joke, you know, like the, I was like trying to do the like, in Soviets, Russia, but I joke, but I said in America and I'm like, did people pick it up? on the fact that I was trying to make, like, a Soviet Russia joke, but I used the wrong country. I don't know. Well, maybe I'm just being picky. This is world's first ambiguous, morally ambiguous, with deep theological implications, retraction and correction, that could render the very fabric of society. And, um, speaking of the fabric of society, our first segment, Wacky Facts, is about an unsung hero, maybe only to me. I feel like I didn't know about this until yesterday, and I'm like, how many, does, maybe, you know, 
It's alright. It's like, you know, a coming-of-age movie. You know, th that's just what's happening this episode. Like, you know, I'm learning a fact of life that you already know as a viewer, but you were re-experiencing with me. So it's that kind of thing, you know. Um, or you could be someone not who has not yet experienced that cycle of life, and you are filled with dread and foreboding because... You are a child and you're like, is this what it's gonna be like for me? Um, well, um, yeah, that's what's happening. Because I'm like, did, does, is this just news to me? I don't know, but I would like to sing the unsung heroes of medical history with this. Or, or maybe you already knew about it. Maybe they're like, everyone's like, I knew that. Like, of course, duh, like, everybody knows this, but, uh, what you might not know is that I have written it, or maybe you've kind of sussed it out, uh, the, uh, this, uh, next segment, or first, well, technical, I don't know how many, I guess that's a retraction, no, it's, it, it is, like, the second segment, alright, ah, retractions and corrections in real times, lots of innovation, um, but speaking of something that was outmoded by innovation, but then was reconsidered as a medical innovation, but they don't do it, they don't, they don't do things the way they used to, uh, well, you will be informed about this in our, by our first, second, whatever, whatever, I'm not gonna number the segments, and it's fucking me up too much, I'm just like, we should, <laughs> This is the second, third, or fourth, and I'm, like, too high to be contemplating such, like, unknowable truths such as that. So, I'm just gonna read from the script. There you go. Uh, our first segment is Wacky Facts, Latin name Wackiest Facticus. Each week, Maya Stone Alice learns you a weird and interesting fact about every subject possible, from animals to history and everything in between. And this week, it's both animals and history. Um, because the way I can sum up this week's facts is that it's the teaches of leeches. And they're sucking on your whatever they goddamn want. It's leeches, you know? And, like, you know, the titular peaches. Titular, indeed, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> The Teachers of Leeches was essentially a, a pedagogy of how to suck the pain away. I mean, Peaches is saying something else, but I've, you know, I've become quite shy, even though I've cussed too many times already, and, uh, that's, that's not good. I, I would really like to cuss less. Um, I had a co-worker who, like, never cussed. And then one time he cussed, and it was so shocking that, like, everyone cried. And I was like, I want to have that kind of power. And also, we were like, well, if it's got him cussing, we got to take it real seriously and really think about it. And, you know, it's really important. Um, I don't even know how I got onto this. Oh, yeah, I don't want to cuss that much. So, suck the pain away, leeches. There you go. Um, because, uh... I, you know, I, as, as somebody who is interested in the things I am, 
I have been in a pond, lots of mentions of medical leeches, whether I like it or not. And, um, I did, I was just was like, yeah, I know they use leeches, like, to balance the humors. I know about that. But, you know, I never stopped and thought, how do they get the leeches? Like, do, and I, you know, you always hope there's, like, a little special leech net or, like, a kind of a cute way to catch them, even if it's a leech and it's gross and scary. I don't care. I would, I, I, I try not to perpetuate certain, you know, violences on this show and stuff like that, but what I will is that I fucking am scared of leeches. They are fr- Oh, I, I'm too high to be doing this. I'm scared of the leeches and thinking about them. Um, but yeah, you always hope there's a cute little, like, a leech- a leecher's basket, and you can see a historical example. Well, no, no. Because the way that people caught leeches for a really long time um, was not nice and was a horror, the worst job that you could ever imagine. I mean, unless you're a lawyer or something, because you're already a leech. Ha ha ha. There's some American humor for you. Um, but, uh, but enough about American humors. What about British humors? As in the humors that needed to be balanced with leeches um, because that's what people thought would make you feel better. They're like, oh, I have a headache. I gotta put a leech on it. Um, well, yeah, they, they, there was like the worst job ever, which was um, leech collector or leech gatherer or leech finder, which was um, the title of a person who would uh, catch leeches by walking around ponds and pools and ravines and places they knew the leeches were, and they'd just walk around there with their bare leggies out, and then the leeches would bite them and um, attach to them. And that's how they would catch the leeches. There was no little leech basket. There's no, no there's no good, a good way to do it. Um, and sometimes um, the leech collectors would gather leeches by, um, you know, animal abuse, like putting some old horses into the pond so that the leeches would bite the horses because they're like i could use a break from you know getting covered in leeches day after day um constantly i you know i'm gonna put this old horse in here he's gonna die anyways like it's good for him he's at the spa Ooh, you know like this is this is very this is good for him it'll make him last longer this horse um but basically, if you, you're thinking, okay, how bad, worser could it be? Like, the leech goes on, and then you take it off. Wrong. Um, you cannot take off um, the leeches safely, basically, because they got multiple jaws. Ugh. Like, you know, 
They're like Steven Spielberg's resume. Three Jaws, exactly. I think on all of them, if not a lot of them. <laughs> I guess retraction and correction for next week. Is, is there a, what? What is the variation in the amount of Jaws leeches have across species? Um, and the reason I'm doing this is because I found out that people don't really try to cozy up with the, the leechologists. You know, the damn bar association, as I like to call them, all the no, not lawyers, but the people who, like, study leeches, like, I don't know what you would call them, bugologists, are leeches bugs? This, I guess they are, but they seem kind of a little bit too juicy and evil, you know, they got, they, they're, they're real oozy. I don't know, maybe the leechologists won't like me anymore because I found out that Amy Tan got like a leech named after her because she, she wrote about like terrestrial leeches in her book. I guess it's about landlords because they like to do terrestrial leeches too. I don't know, but she talked about them at length in the book and the leechologists were like, oh my god, fabulous. Yes, you have a leech named after you now. And I'm, you know, I'm like, maybe I will do this retraction and correction to curry favor with the leechologists, but I think, you know, if I'm gonna be like, leeches, they're like, an ancient and primordial beast that frightens me to my core, they're not gonna like me. But I don't think anybody likes leeches, especially uh, these 19th century Europeans, because uh, that's when they, they they basically, there's no real safe way to get a leech off you, like for sure, when it's still, you know, feasting on your blood. So you have to just let it drink all your blood and then it'll fall off and you can collect it. And in case you're wondering, Yes, many of the leech collectors were suffering from uh, the effects of blood loss and infection spread by the leeches because uh, it would take like 20 minutes for the leeches to stack their plates up real high at the blood buffet. And uh, in case you're like, this seems so horrible that it can't be real. This has to be one of those things that you know, is of some kind of dubious origin and has cemented itself into like, everyone's like, that's a real thing that happened in the past. We, we, we think this is a real job, but it's not. No, it's real. There's like historic poetry about the plight of the leech collectors and how horrible it was to be one because of course it did not pay that much because why would it? You know, and um, one perk was that it was only it was a seasonal job, so they get to have you know a break, they get to you know um, go on a yoga retreat or something, or you know like probably a job slightly less terrible. That it's like well in comparison, it feels like I'm going on a yoga retreat. Like I'm not getting eaten up by leeches right now. Like. Maybe I'm doing something slightly less worse, but after being eaten up by leeches all day for an entire season, you know, I think I, this, this feels better. This feels better in comparison. 
which, you know, I understand. I've had a lot of, you know, changes in career like that. Where you're like, oh, this is terrible. But then you're like, you know what? It's been worse. And this is how you get through it until you figure out what's next. But, um, I am not sure if the leech collectors had the ability to hop from dumb cafe to dumb cafe the way that I did. I think you were just, like, collecting leeches. And then, you know... When you think about it, it's the, it's the little things in life that really matter. The little things like leeches. Um, yeah, I just feel this is just such a downer of a of a wacky fact. Like I feel like I'm just like I feel real sad for everybody. Like oh god, like you know they they were like they were exporting 30 million leeches a year from Germany to America, and that means. People got bit by leeches 30 million times and we're just like, oh, it's been about, you know, 20 Up oh, there it goes. Like, do they, you know, they name them, they, they get, they have, they race them. They're like, oh, okay, I'm naming this one Charlemagne and this one is named Cheryl, Carol Channing. I don't know, that's what I've named it. Uh, I'm in the 19th, 19th century Germany and ich bin ein, you know, leech collector. And, um, that's, I'm, I'm racing two leeches, like, see who's gonna, you know, gobble up my blood first, you know, the fast, and they'll win, the winner, and I'm gonna give him a little leech crown that I've, you know, crafted out of some dandelion stems that I, you know, oh, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure they had ways of dealing with the fact that they were covered in leeches for not a lot of money, um, because, uh, yeah, they were just, they were all about, ex you know, covering people with leeches left and right, like, because they're just like, you've got too much blood in you, you, ne you need to get it out, that's unbelievable, you know, this is the only way we know how to cure, like, a disease like cholera, um, but is by putting leeches on people, and it's a wonder that people even survived. Um, and then there was other, you know, um, there were also ways of using leeches that were not valid and legitimate, and for some reason, that makes it suck worse. Like, oh, you know, the leeches, well, a bunch of people, like, suffering and being exploited by the leeches, which is the general leech consuming the leech consuming public and the entire leech industry they have the real leeches um you know that's the reason that makes it suck no pun intended suck more i i think it's not like peaches where it was suck the pain away i think it's suck all the pain in all the psychological and physical oh god I don't want to know the ways that their bodies were keeping the score. Oh, what? Boy, well, that that's not good. I, I feel real bad for the leech clip. Maybe that's why I didn't know about him. You'd probably because you'd be like, I now immediately oppose capitalism in any shape, way, or form uh, because that there's a job like this that does not pay well. And I'm like, well, would you still really want there to be like, 
a well-paid leech catcher like that? Like, can't they just invent the net? Like, how hard can it be? Is there something about, like, the leech, like, biology where, like, you just, you can't, you just can't do it. You, you can't catch them with a little, fi little net, a little leechy net. And, you know, get those, get those little demon worms out of there. You know, you, or, like, a shovel, like, a leeching shovel, you know? Um... You, you, you couldn't, you just, I feel like that's possible, but I don't want, I don't, I'm scared to find out what was making them be like, nope, impossible back then, like, they are just like, I don't know, it seems like a lot of work to make, like, a little net for leeches, so, we're just gonna have really poor people and old horses just, you know, stand in the mud, and, you know, get covered in bloodthirsty animals so that people can balance the humors because they you know they've got uh, the vapors a very real element ailment or whatever you know all the dumb stuff they're doing with leeches but i'm sure they figured out a you know more humane way to gather leeches because they still use leeches as a medical technology to this day they love doing it with amputations but i i don't think they can do it with decapitations because like that one once you do it you're done but an amputation yeah leeches involved but maybe one day leeches will help stabilize like a decapitation and we're like yep you can handle it i don't think i want to do a retraction and correction for if it's possible to survive a decapitation especially if it's you know gonna show me a bunch of images of heads all smashed up like gallagher's waller melon you know uh um so we will just leave that that'll just be you know what another innovation of retractions and corrections it is a choose your own adventure one if you want to figure that out for yourself i know i don't um but yeah well <laughs> um terrifying horrible segment i am so glad that you all tune in week after week or if it's your first time it was your worst time and probably your last time and i'll never see you again but like i said if you still watch this show i mean listen to the show you can't watch it but maybe you do in your mind like you have like a little avatar f of me like maybe i'm a rubber chicken and like that's how you imagine me looking like uh but more accurately i would be a talking dog and you just imagine the martha speaks dog just yammering away at uh bff.fm's headquarter um because just like the that dog uh the show is also a hairy home companion with me don arky um it sound like i barked e oh stone to the dog bone i'm oh that's terrible well i know that's what i sound like so that's you're probably more likely imagining a dog talking versus a rubber chicken but i wanted to give myself some dignity and be like maybe there's a possibility for a different you know reality here like maybe i will i have hope you know it's a queer modality i don't know i have a bunch of degrees that are useless where you talk about queer modalities but you make minimum wage a um anyways it's a real weird show
Um, but before we do more of this weird show, I should do donations so that the poor people who, you know, are dealing with me at this radio station can go buy themselves something nice. You know, get themselves a little treat, putting up with me after week after week, you know? Like, they're like, I want to buy myself a lipstick, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a gin. I don't know. They'll buy, they get themselves something, you know, um, they deserve it. Um, well, if you would like to send them money so they can get a pick-me-up, you will now listen to this part of the script that I am reading out loud. Have you considered donating to BFF.FM yet? You should! Not only is this such a unique community radio station that reflects and respects the diversity of the Bay Area, but it keeps weirdos like me occupied so we don't invent mupholstery, where we reuse old Muppets to upholster furniture with. You could have an Oscar the Couch or a Fozzie Chair. But why just stop there when you could have household linens like a Dr. Bunsen Honey Duvet? Or maybe some Kurt and the Frogs. Or some Snuffle Up a Guest House. Get yourself down to BFF.FM slash donate where you can set up a one-time, send a one-time donation or set up a monthly recurring donation and be our bestie with benefits. Extra credit so you can get them, you know, get, you know, make sure that like, Maybe they get a night at, you know, Oaks Club. Maybe a night at Emeryville's Monte Carlo. Very glamorous, I'm sure. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna make sure, like, they can take, treat themselves with something, you know, of that caliber and excellence. Um, we have another thing you can donate to, which is at bff.fm slash 2023. And that's how you make sure that they can keep balancing our good humor by uh, acting as if they were the mythical reverse leech that, you know, pumps blood and life into the, you know, into the body, into the community. Yes, the, it's, it's good stuff, you know. So you should, you should, you should do that. And uh, a final statement on leeches um, is that our little leech boys were California dreaming because they got around to America, California, and all sorts of places in America because they were just exporting them everywhere. It wasn't just a European fashion. And then by the 1850s, leeches were so hard to find in Britain and Europe that they had to them from Central Asia and it made them even more expensive and I'm sure they were paid even less to be like alright gotta ship you from Central Asia and leech you in St. Louis you know uh, for this to fulfill this order and then once they found out about germs they were like oh we don't need leeches (laughs) oh shit like that's the wrong thing when somebody's sick or is hemorrhaging to death, you probably shouldn't put leeches on them. Well, say for certain occasions, you can you can you can use leeches, put your your fingers back on in case you accidentally have some dirty dealings with the mafia go wrong. So keep a leech in your pocket if you ever have to, you know, meet a dawn in you know in the under foreboding circumstances. 
Um, but a Don you can meet, another Don you can meet at in foreboding circumstances is me, Don, Donna, Arky. Oh, this is so stupid. Um, the you of a hairy home companion here on BFF.FM, where we clearly don't know the meaning of Omerta. Um, and maybe we should, damn it, uh, here on BFF.FM. But yeah, that's the, that's the scoop on all, all, I don't want to talk about the leeches anymore, they're frightening. Um, and, you know, boy, what a ride, but I just can't help, I need to tear myself away, but I can't. Um, so I've got a hold on me, no pun intended, okay, maybe one more leech fact. Um, yeah, okay, well, now I know why they don't, you know, they don't, I mean, I'm sure they'd find a way to have leech collectors modern day, there'd, there'd be some kind of leech lobby or something, you know, um, but is, isn't that lots of lobbies, I don't know, po- politics jokes, I, hey, I know, I can make politic jokes, I know what politics are, the study of Paula Abdul, Anyways, um, yeah, the reason, they, they, they breed the leeches now, they got little leech farms, and, uh, I'm sure there's problems with, like, the leech water leaching into the ground, and there's, oh, I'm sure there's, like, a whole leech industry cover-up, I just don't, or maybe not, maybe, yeah, I definitely am not getting a terrestrial leech named after me, but that's fine, like, I don't really want to be associated with, like, you know, beings that seem like they've been described on ancient Sumerian tablets, you know, foretelling of a, you know, dark, evil, archaic, you know, crisis, you know, like, I'm fine with it, that's okay, oh god, I, wait, now that I think about it, I'm, the terrestrial leech, you know, imposing jaw in a way and draining you of your life force. There you go. Well, maybe the terrestrial leech was within us all along and we had to just recognize it within ourselves. This is a very psychologically raw episode, but, <coughs> you know, I'd rather... I mean, maybe, I, I guess by, like, you know, having the weird gimmick show where I'm, like, stoned to the bone because I developed some hangups during grad school for some reason. Oops. Um, and I was like, what if I just get really high on the show? I'm now associating myself with the more kind-hearted, jocular, pleasant, but sometimes grating. But not as grating as, like, an actual terrestrial leaf, like, le- leech, like, with their teeth, you know? Were they like alien from alien, yeah? Um, no, like a Polly Shore kind of terrestrial leech, you know? I'd rather go, you know, be associated with that than have to like make small talk with a bunch of leechologists and pretend like I'm not absolutely frightened of leeches and I have to be like, yeah, yeah, oh, I love, I love how they look like that. I love, oh, my favorite leech. It's definitely the terrestrial kinds, because you you have more opportunities to see them, and they really enrich our environment. 
Um, even though they're getting enriched from the environment because they're sucking everybody's blood. But, I mean, you know, bloodsuckers, a little Nosferatu for you. I don't know, they're frightening. So I don't have to, you know, wildly insult the, you know, leechologists. Then I don't have to listen to all the, like, scary but dumb, boring leech facts where they're going to be like, oh, yeah, the most leeches that came out of... Europe was in Liechtenstein. That's why they call it that. So many leeches came out of there that they just renamed the whole place. Uh, but that's when it was still the Holy Roman Empire because I guess leeches were just biting everybody all over Europe, all over what we call modern-day Germany. It really was the Holy Roman Empire because they were exporting 30 million leeches. My God. You know, leeches getting caught by biting people. They're covered in holes. Um, yeah, that was that wacky fact. And, um, well, this wacky fact, because it's double wacky fact day, baby, um, is a lot more, uh, less frightening, but more, uh, confusing, because it turns out things that you think would be just a common, you know, non-mysterious object or presence in our culture turns out to be real mysterious and just fascinating such as the item i shall uh, introduce to you in this segment where i am now reading from the script uh, it's your lucky day baby because we got a second wacky fact today why because i feel like it wacky facts is a segment where my stone ass learns you a weird and interesting fact about every subject possible from animals to history and everything in between this time there are no animals but lots of history so yo-yos um you if you you were alive at any point in time um recently you will have remembered the yo-yo craze of the 90s but i also would like to put forward a latent memory that you might not remember which is the ha- i don't know if this was like a bay area specific thing or this was just like a 90s and this was like the the elizabeth hurley 90s you know the the fran russia 90s it was hugh grant was a hot throb instead of a little oompa loompa man um i know about that because i read an article about that for some reason um, am I gonna watch the new Willy Wonka? Probably not. Am I gonna fall asleep on the couch while the original Willy Wonka is playing? You bet. Have I stayed awake during it in years? Absolutely not. Something about my 30s, I just started falling asleep during every single goddamn movie. Um, it's, it's, it's a hard time. But anyways, yeah. Um, other was another craze, which was the hacky sack craze and I remember be I remember like you know hacky sack was a thing people were really into it again I don't remember if this was like a Bay Area specific thing or you know maybe it was a wider global uh, impact of hacky sack but I remember being in elementary school and like I swear to god like these professional hacky sack players with like these professional grade hacky sack balls maybe it wasn't hacky sack but like they were like not little crocheted balls they were like 
you could kick them and they were springy and like plasticky and like they looked all woven like a beautiful like Ruth Osawa like sculpture it was gorgeous and then they were like the two hacky sack guys or maybe it was something that seemed like hacky sack but was more professional because I swear they were like we are Olympian hacky sack players at some point or maybe it's the sport that resembles it that is at the I don't know I don't know it is a mystery but they were from like Quebec and then they were both named Sebastian and I remember being like I bet when I tell this story one day as an adult no one's going to believe me and I'm like I have to make sure I rem- I commit this memory to memory like no matter what happens in my life I shall be able to you know pull from this you know treasure trove clearly of, of my memory because like yeah like the the French Canadian professional hacky sack or hacky sack semen I don't know but whatever it they were professional at something weird and they were both named Sebastian and they were French Canadian and I was like I hope someone believes me one day um but yeah but back to the original topic which is the yo-yo craze of the 90s because one thing I was hearing when I was sitting through the school assembly is of being like oh my god I could be an, a yo-yo savant I just need to get a yo-yo and I will unlock all of my unmet potential and I will be inherently good at this and nothing will stop me. I will never know failure. This is inherent to me. Well, when that was happening, I was also hearing, you know, some false information which has had a kind of a Duncan butterfly effect into pop culture, which is the idea uh, that, you know yo-yos were invented as a weapon and you would hit people you would attack people with yo-yos but it turns out you know the duncan butterfly is trapped in a duncan web of lies and uh struggling against the truth which is that that's not true and yo-yos have a very bizarre long weird history that doesn't really make sense but somehow they're doing it and for some reason people have been in- inventing and figuring out yo-yos like and i don't know if it's completely independently of each other um or you know um maybe there was some influence but people were you know they were like we don't have tv we have nothing else to do well maybe a yo-yo will be invented because of the sheer boredom like what do we got we got string and we got wood and we can make the wood round and make it spin because we haven't invented murder she wrote yet um so that's what we'll have to do um we can't watch the nanny so we have to you know find some sort of amusement like maybe chasing a goose or blowing some soap bubbles um i don't know but if you were like i don't want to really get up all the effort to do a soap bubble you would have a yo-yo um but yeah the yo-yo started off in most likely china but the first historical reference was in greece in 500 bc because i this seems fake but they're like oh 
yo-yos. They were little little boys coming of age in ancient Greece would make terracotta yo-yos and then give them to the gods uh, uh, when they are coming of age as a coming of age ritual. And oh, it's like the coming of age story I talked about earlier. And you can have Pixar do something about it, and that can be their next Toy Story. Like, you know, so, we, we, I don't know how many more scrapes Woody could get into. Also, I'm a little bit like, oh man, can you ever imagine there's gonna be a point in time where people are like, you know, Toy Story? Like, I don't know what that is. It's the future. Like, that's a reference that makes as much sense to most people as, like, someone bringing up, you know, um, Clara Bow, because I don't know why, I'm just like, well, they've made Mickey Mouse stay around for such a long time, they're, maybe they're gonna do it with, like, these guys, and we're just gonna have to expect, you know, a new Toy Story story, like, every couple years, like, you gotta remember them, maybe they're gonna do, like, a, we, we'll see what's in store for us, I don't, I don't know if I like it, but them's the shakes, and here we are, and, um, but you don't shake a yo-yo, you yo-yo it, what do you call the action, well, anyways, let me tell you more things about yo-yos, which is that, um, for some reason, yo-yo, <coughs> yo-yos were called bandalores in the 17th century, because you couldn't watch The Mandalorian. You had to play with your Mandalorian. You, I mean, I admit, I watched the first season. It was one of the few times I ventured into the realm of contemporary television, but it was because I was like, who is reading my dream diary? Like, Amy Sedaris and Werner Herzog in a Star Wars thing? That's crazy. Like, of course I have to see it. Like, who took a page out of my dream diary? But, like, you know, and I saw it, and then I got, you know, I, I liked it. Um, and, uh, but, like, the thing is, is, like, you know, the most important thing about The Mandalorian is that now we live in a world where you can get a Werner Herzog Star Wars action figure. Yes, a real one. And the last time I checked, you could get a Lego Star Wars Amy Sedaris, and, which is just, like, something that everybody needs in their household, you know, clearly. And, um, you know, I, 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 I saw some signs, you know, some smoke in the distance. I, I scried, and I saw that, uh, I, I think she played a bigger role this the more one of the more recent seasons of the mandalorian so now she may have been bumped up to an actual action figure and that'll be a retraction and correction for next week how much star wars Werner herzog and amy sedaris merch exists and they already have names that sound like star wars ass names like Werner herzog get out senator Vena Herzog, like, Viceroy Amy Sedaris, I don't know, Jedi Sedaris, like, it, it all, it sounds like that already, they didn't even need to give him a fake name, but, anyways, um, oh yeah, yo-yos, uh, they're, they're, the people, oh, wait, so, for the Greek yo-yos, it turns out that, uh, they were playing with regular yo-yos made of non 
breakable materials such as terracotta and that the terracotta yo-yos were given as a sacrificial yo-yo to the gods because they were just like look you know we don't have anything else like these are the only ups and downs we're gonna get like we're never gonna be able to watch the Anna Nicole Smith show you know like how have some mercy on us like let, let don't make me actually give you the real yo-yo please uh which is understandable because things were really boring and you were probably covered in leeches and that was your job which was to get killed over and over by leeches and um uh, uh well um i don't i guess there was more of a yo-yo cottage industry uh for yo-yos because the first yo-yo company was invented in santa barbara wow santa barbara has a lot of kitsch value like solvangs around there you got hearst castle nearby you got the madonna inn and they invented the yo-yo and weird al went to san you know whatever he was going to school there i mean oh wait they didn't invent the yo-yo they just had the first yo-yo company ever and um uh, like the yo-yo things just went up and up because even though he he opened it in 1929 factory in 1929 he was like i need extra two additional factories in los angeles and hollywood Ooh, yo-yos for the stars you know purchase the glamorous greta gar yo-yo um I, you could you could I guess you could buy that from his Hollywood factory and um, basically the print the, there is a so it looks like even though yo-yos have existed for bajillions of years most of the advances in yo-yo technology have been pretty recent like for, it took until 1928 for Pedro Flores to be like you know like he did something called a loop slip string that made it possible for yo-yos to sleep ah uh, so that's good the yo-yos are having a lot more rest now you know like in the little loop string hammocks i guess that sounds so relaxing uh but i guess yo-yos couldn't really do that many tricks before and that i i guess that makes sense why people are like this is very relaxing because when i was like i gotta learn to be like yo-yo savant like a little like child savant who just inherently knows yo-yo like a little yo-yo's art you know and i i it was really stressful so um i i am like you know what maybe they did need the sedative quality to get through those times like they couldn't you know their their sedatives were i mean their sedatives were real great they could have some opium that'll make you relax so wait actually that sounds fabulous opium and yo-yos well i would absolutely do that if i could um i'm sure that this is possible somewhere i think yo-yos if they want to have another craze they can you know they can bring back this like time-honored like 
comparing like you know the peanut butter and jelly of relaxation like ernie and bert you can't separate the two um yeah which is yo-yos and opium and uh they could have another resurgence there'd be another yo-yo craze but it'd be more like a yo-yo days because of the opium but that's fine maybe damn okay maybe they were having a better time back then um i know you're not having a good time now because this is a hairy home companion with me donna arky on bff.fm i love to over announce too many times at the beginning of the episode and then forget to announce some more during the rest but yeah you learned a little bit about yo-yos oh wait, i just learned something so the reason there was a yo-yo boom like yo-yos this is it this is the future is in the 90s is because that is the modern era of yo-yos like that's when we reached new heights in yo-yoology and they were just inventing things about yo-yos that made it possible possible to do all sorts of crazy tricks and uh you know there were pl- people learned how to play strings so beautifully like yo-yo ma but they were y- yo-yo strings instead of what he else he the cello the the lute i don't i don't know but um at least we know there was a yo-yo factory in glamorous hollywood for some time you know yo-yo homes to bel-air well that was uh, that's happened um in 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 this world um anyways yeah it was a nice time uh on the show today i had fun um i love you all learn about the protests going on in iran uh free palestine um and eat good and be good and take care of yourselves because life is full of ups and downs like a yo-yo and lots of tricks um and uh, yeah this is not fun um but yeah take care of yourselves and have a good night love you all bye